lots going on. Um, did y'all enjoy my brother last week? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get him to move up here and uh, and join with us. And uh, he's seriously thinking about it. He was very impressed by all of you and thought, "Wow, what an what an incredible group of people." I asked him. I said, "Well, you know, until you get to that place where maybe you're comfortable in in actually." moving up here, I said, would you be willing to come up, you know, like on Wednesdays, and just to teach on our Wednesday night services, just to give us some great Bibles, he's a phenomenal Bible teacher, you got a sense of that, he's one of the best teachers in the country, I believe that, he's a great writer, and, uh, and he agreed that he would be willing to do that, so we're not sure exactly when we can start doing that, uh, kind of depends on the resources that uh, we have available to do it, but if we want to start really uh, firing up this Wednesday night thing for, for studying that sort of thing so a uh, prayer with us that that all come together as, as soon as that happens I'll let you know and uh, we're just trying to work out the details but how many think that would be great to have him here every week to listen to that <clears throat> so uh Actually, starting this Wednesday night, I'll be teaching on the Wednesday night service. I've got a series I want to teach on prayer. Uh, you need to come if you can get away. You know, I know a lot of you are busy watching uh, Gilligan's Island reruns and stuff that night. But if you can pull yourself away, come in and get some really good Bible studies. It's an important thing. Just the little 20-minute sermons or whatever I do, 30-minute sermons on Sunday morning, is really not enough. You need to get more input, spiritual input, as much as you can into your life. So let me encourage you. It's also a great night for the kids and the youth. So kind of come as a family and uh, get into on Wednesday nights and we'll have a, a great time with that. I want to invite uh, Pastor Lathan and uh, Lynn Duncan to come up. Uh, Lynn and Lathan are wonderful friends, our dearest friends in the world actually. And uh, uh, we first met them some years ago when uh, my son decided to marry his daughter. And uh, <laughs> and uh, that's kind of how we got together. What's that? <laughs> no, no, it's a good thing. Oh, look, straighten me out. He's... Anything else? Am I good? Okay. But uh, um, they're, they're wonderful. Now, Lathan has been my uh, executive pastor, my right-hand man for, for several years in Stevens Point. Uh, we work extremely well together. He's a wonderful, wonderful person. And they're both wonderful people. And we're so excited. They're coming here with us uh, in a few more weeks. Um In, in a few weeks from now, uh, uh, Chad is going to be moving out to, uh, to Utah to start the church out there. Some of the guys are going out there. Rod already is headed out there and uh, starting that new work. We're going to be helping them, and we're excited about what God's going to do there. So he's going to be taking place of what Chad's been doing. You'll hear him uh, on Sunday mornings welcoming people and praying and the offerings and all the different things like that. So this is who he is. He will be the one who actually will run the church. You don't want me running the church. It'd be a very bad thing. <laughs> okay. I will be watching what's going on. And obviously, I have, as, as the leader of the church, I make decisions about what we're going to do and not do and that sort of things. But the actual day-to-day operations will be him. And, and if you have any real questions about what's going on in the church, you're probably wasting your time asking me because I won't even know what's going on. So this is the guy. Get a chance to meet them. Uh, and, uh, you know, after the service, come up to them and introduce yourself. You'll notice they have a bit of an accent. They're from South Africa. And uh, it's great. It's one. They're wonderful people. Anyway, I just want to let you know who they are. You'll, you'll get a chance to see more next week.
Lots of fun things going on uh, this week and what's been happening the last couple of weeks. You know, it's exciting when, when you start sharing a vision and a dream of, of what you w- would like to see God do. And all of a sudden God comes and just boom, you know, confirms what he wants you to do. We've been sharing with this Imagine campaign of what we want to accomplish and some of the visions for the church. And one of the ones that I had said, man, I would love to take our Bayside television program and start uh, broadcasting it all over the country and uh, and getting opportunities like through Christian uh, satellite networks or something uh, I think last week or the week before whatever I got a call from TBN uh, Trinity Broadcasting Network they want me to come and speak uh, on, on their network on November 30th sadly they don't get that here in Green Bay some of you have satellite you can catch me on uh, but uh, going to be promoting what we're doing and, and uh, hopefully talking to them about getting our program on the network because I would love to do something like that it would be completely awesome then last week at the same the same day I got that call there was a guy here from Phoenix, Arizona who's interested in helping us with our marriage ministry and uh, we were talking and, and he overheard us talking about the television program and he said, you, you guys have a, a television program? And I said, yeah, well, we do a weekly thing where we do the ministry of this church out to the community. And, and our dream and our heart is to uh, take it all over the country. And he said, well, would you like to be in Phoenix, Arizona? And I said, sure. And, uh, and he said, well, just a minute. And he grabs his cell phone, gets on and calls the TV station. After two or three minutes of yakking, he hangs up and says, okay, it's a done deal. I, I said, so what do you mean? He said, uh, This guy is going to personally pay about $2,000 a week to have our program airing in Phoenix, Arizona, covers almost the entire state of Arizona. Phoenix alone is that area's 5 million people. Uh, and he's going to pay the whole bill out of his own pocket. Uh, and it's just, so starting January 1, we're talking to millions of people. So pretty cool. So I, I kind of think God likes the idea, all right? So uh, we're going to see what happens with that. And uh, we're just excited about all the doors that God's opening. We, we really want Bayside to become a national center. More than just a local church, I want to become a regional church and then a national place where people can come to get ministered to, uh, their families can get ministered to, their marriages can get helped. Uh, we also got a call a couple of days ago from a small organization called Focus on the something, I can't remember, Family, I think. Uh, you might have heard of them. Uh, and uh, they're doing a cruise next J- July. They're doing an Alaskan cruise and they're having James Dobson speak and uh, uh, Emerson Egridge speak and uh, and. Mark Gunger speaks, so they called to see if I would come and speak. So I got. Do do I want to take a cruise with Dr. Dobson and talk? Uh, Let me pray about it. Yes. And uh, so. So that's kind of exciting. You might want to check that out. Maybe some of you guys want to go with us. We do actually we'll be cruising twice this year. We do a, a couple screws every January. Uh, if uh, you, you uh, can get away the first week in January, we always go take this cruise. I know it's really hard to leave Green Bay in January. But, uh, <laughs> but then also we have this Alaskan one, so that'll be suffering for Christ on the cruise ships. So One last thing before I begin my message. Now this Tuesday is election day. I want to remind you to get out there and let your voice be heard. Win or lose, let your voice be heard as people of faith. Let's have as much influence in our nation as we can. Big deal this Tuesday for the state of Wisconsin. They're having this marriage amendment. Uh, You need to vote yes for marriage on that amendment. (laughs) 
uh, if you don't, stay home that day. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, vote for, and, and get out there and, and make your voice be heard and, and uh, you know, you know, just do what your conscience tells you to do. Obviously, I feel very strongly that people of faith should be voting moral issues. Why anyone of faith would even think, and I've got lots of friends who do it, but why they even think of voting for any party that is for things like abortion and all kinds of ungodly things is completely beyond me. But you got to answer to God someday. Just do what you need to do. Get out there and get involved. Now, having said that, some of y'all need to take a pill and relax. Alright, this is not the end of the world. Okay, if you put your hope and trust in a political party, you are a nitwit. <laughs> are you hearing me? Obviously I have preferences, there's people I hope win, there's people I hope lose. But if everybody I want to win loses on Tuesday... I'm going to be just fine. I don't think God's going to go, Oh, myself! (laughs) I never thought that would happen! God will still be on the throne. I don't care who's in office. Are you hearing me? So just relax a little bit. Man, we had two families in our church in Green in, in Stevens Point last what, election two years ago. They broke up because one voted for a Republican, the other voted for a Democrat. Good night! How can you be so dumb and still breathe? Just want to take their head, stick it in a toilet, and give them a swirly. You know, it's like, what's the matter with you? You're that intense about politics, you need some medication. All right, so do your civic duty. Get out there. Get involved. Vote yes on this marriage amendment and just keep serving God. God's bigger than all that stuff anyway. Hallelujah. All right, Matthew, the 21st chapter, verse 28. Jesus talking here. He says, what do you think? <laughs> I like that. Everybody say think. What, what do you think? He said, there was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. The son said, no, I don't want to work in your stinking vineyard. I hate the vineyard. I got things to do. I got stuff to accomplish. I want to go hang with my buddies. That's just vineyard stuff. But later, he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son, said the same thing. He said, yes, yes, yes. I love the vineyard. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. What an opportunity. Praise God. I've been praying for a great opportunity to do something in the vineyard. Yes! The Bible says he never went. Jesus asked him this question. and said, which of the two did what his father wanted? The first, they answered. Well, today is the day we are asking everyone to make a special financial pledge toward the vision of this church. This is the culmination of our Imagine campaign. I'm going to ask our uh, ushers to come down and start handing these cards out. Or did they already hand them out? If you guys would come down and hand them out, one per family. Uh, This is the uh, card where we're asking you to say, you know, this is what we can do over the next year 
above our regular giving. This is what we can do special to help move the ball forward at Bayside. Now, we've been using this Imagine uh, campaign. Uh, The scripture we've been referring to is Ephesians 3.20 that says this. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. And I've been encouraging this church to think big on the inside. To imagine. You cannot experience something on the outside unless you've truly experienced it first on the inside. That's what faith is. And truly, let me challenge you, even in your own life, have a big vision inside. Don't be limited by your own ideas. You know, uh, I love reading these documentaries or watching these uh, uh, biography channel stories. We're talking about these men who've been huge financial successes. And what's stunning is how often these people failed before they succeeded. Some of the greatest success stories in American history are of complete losers who apparently were too dumb to realize they should have given up. I think of Abraham Lincoln. You ever read this guy's story? This guy was a lose, man. I mean, everything he did failed. Every job, business he tried would tank out in the toilet. Every office he ran for, he lost. It's absolutely stunning the guy won the presidency of the United States. It truly is. But here's a man who knew he had a vision on the inside. Called to do something great. And here's the amazing people thing about people who experience failure with a picture on that. On the inside with them. Here's the failure. Here's the picture on the inside. They choose to believe the picture on the inside. And they doubt the failure. Sadly, most people believe their experiences and doubt their hearts. And they give up. And they limit themselves. And they don't accomplish great things in life. Let me encourage you. Get a big picture on the inside of you. Put a big picture on the inside of your children. Don't you be calling your children losers and you'll never amount to anything and all that kind of destructive stuff. Man, oh man, oh man. What parents some do to their kids. What some of your parents did that to you. Good night. Get a big picture on the inside of them. Let them know that with God they are capable of anything. So big that they will doubt their failures in life. And believe their dreams. And that's important for a church. And we've been sharing our dream. Of what we're believing God for. We've talked about specific areas of ministry. We've talked about missions. About reaching out and continuing to help people around the the world, the globe. Learn about Christ. We feed uh, uh, orphans. Uh, We support orphanages. We we support missionaries that are out there in the trenches taking the gospel in some of the difficult, most difficult places on earth. This church helps people like that. That's part of our missions program. We've talked about our outreach program with our television ministry and all the outreach we want to do there. We've talked about wanting to finish securing all the land around this building and about reducing the debt on the church so that we don't spend so much money on the interest and stuff and more can go to, to, uh, to ministry. All of these things are part of this Imagine campaign. And what we will do is during the year, we won't be having a missions offering and a building offering and a television offering. And <laughs> we'll just be having this one special offering every month or some of you can do it weekly where you just commit, this is what I'm going to give to the extra minute. In this offering, this is what you're going to be doing for missions and for television all these special outreaches uh, as, as an extension of moving the kingdom of God further. Helping us take the next big step in the church. Okay, and uh, um, you know, so sometimes people g- give us static for uh, 
talking about money, you know, some of you visitors that are here for the first time, you know, I apologize. We don't always talk about money here, but we are today. And uh, come back next week, you know. But anyway, um, but money is important. You can't accomplish anything if you don't have the funding to do it. I just saw this movie recently, uh, The Flags, Flag of Our Fathers. Have you guys seen this film? Anybody see that movie? Boy, not a popular movie. Three of you. But anyway, it's really a good film. You ought to go see this thing. It's, it's a great story of, uh, I think it's still playing at the theaters, of, of the story of that picture of those guys putting up that flag on the island of Iwo Jima during World War II in the Pacific. And uh, I went to the movie because I like war movies and blowing things up and just, you know, I'm a guy. Arr, arr, destroy something. And uh, But I was a little disappointed because that really wasn't what the movie was about. It was more about the lives of these guys. What happened was when the country saw this picture, picture it so encouraged the country even though it's kind of weird they, they, they set this I believe they put the flag up the first day but this battle went on for a long time in fact half, half or most of the guys who actually were in the picture putting the flag up got killed it wasn't a big victory that day they just happened to be sticking up this flag but for some reason America saw this and Americans were encouraged and the war department said we need to bring these boys back to help us raise money for the war effort so they brought back three of the guys they could only find three of them brought them back and uh, were, were going around the country you know, saying these are the heroes of Iwo Jima and of course these guys the whole film was about how they struggled with that because they didn't feel like heroes they felt this, their buddies were heroes the guys who were still there the guys who had lost their lives all they did was put up a stupid flag and, and they felt very very bad about it and felt very guilty about it and they were arguing about you know we should be over there with our buddies we should be sacrificing and, and there's this great uh, scene where the guy from the war department looked at them and said you need to listen to me if we don't raise the money for this effort all of those heroes will have died in vain stop and think about that They were willing to sacrifice and give and lay down their very lives. But without the funding, it would have never succeeded. And as a result, they they stayed part of it and they raised, I forget how many billions of dollars. And it actually helped them to win the war. Uh, And it was a a significant thing. It made me think of uh, our Revolutionary War, kind of a history buff. Those of you who who are aware of history, remember the, the Revolutionary War that established this country. We almost lost it, primarily because of lack of money. We stop and think about it. It's crazy. Here are people willing to give their lives, sacrifice the pain they went through, but everybody else didn't, you know, oh yeah, God bless them. We're really behind you guys. Or, you know, we're so far behind you, you can't see us. They didn't want to support them financially. And there were limited resources. Benjamin Franklin, one of the founding fathers of, of this country, his big contribution to the war was he spent the whole war in, in France getting money from the French to help us to win. I'm not a big fan of the French. They irritate me for, uh, for all the recent you know, static they've given us over the last few years. And I've heard people say, you know, well, the French, they should be more grateful. If it wasn't for us, they wouldn't even be around because we helped them in World War II. And, uh, but for those of you who are aware of history, the reality is we wouldn't be around if it wouldn't have been for the French. They helped us get going in the first place. They gave us the money to keep the war effort going and finally sent their ships over uh, to help us seal the deal. So money is a big deal. You know, it's not just enough to be willing to get involved and put your blood, sweat, and tears into something. Without the resources, you can't succeed in moving a vision forward. And, uh, and I know money makes people uncomfortable and some people, you know, get static. I told you about someone who called the church and said, the only reason you're raising money is because you need the money. Well, duh, of course. <laughs> Another people say, well, what do you do with all that money? 
hello, have you walked around the building? It's not like the pastors and I are sitting back after the service in a poker game divvying it up. (laughs) Good night. In fact, this first year, Deb and I aren't even going to take a salary. We we weren't going to take anything at all, but we needed some help with the housing because owning two houses until we sell the other one. So we're going to take a housing loan, but we're not going to take a salary at all this year. So how are you going to live? Well, you know, we do fine off of our marriage ministry and stuff like that. And just, you know, we we can wait on all that stuff. We want to, we want this church to succeed. We want to move the ball forward. You know, you need to understand when we're trying to... Well, we're trying to raise this money. It's, it's not like I'm on commission. Are you hearing me? It's not like I'm going to get a piece of what you divvy up. We use this money to advance this vision, the kingdom of God, and, and, and moving this vision forward. So anyway, my simple encouragement to you this day is this. I want you to say what you're going to do, and then do what you say now what I just said to you is really a bit radical in churches today especially evangelical churches because we have very much over emotionalized and over spiritualized when it comes to this idea of giving a lot of it I believe is the result of what I call and don't get mad at me ladies but I just I feel the 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 church has been over feminized in the last 30 40 years in this country in fact the whole country has been over feminized most men don't even know what they're supposed to do today It's time that men be men. Don't get me started on that. But we need to quit, put, quit so much emphasis on what you feel in your heart. What do you feel in your heart? <laughs> Women constantly trying to analyze their husband's heart. What's in his heart? Nothing. What's <laughs> in his heart? I try and show women how to get their husbands to do what they want to do, but it's not enough for them. Because they don't want their husbands just to do stuff for them. They want them to want to do it. (laughs) I want him to want to do it. What do you care what he wants? Leave him alone. Analyze his heart. What's in his heart? I want him to do it. If he wanted to do it, he'd have done it already. Everybody's just got to be, what's in your heart? What's in your heart? And, and that's, what does God put in your heart? Food's not in your heart. Shut up. In fact, I, I got this from a friend of mine who's uh, in a... Texas, this whole Imagine campaign. I said, oh, what a beautiful campaign. So we take this, and we got this whole card thing, all the stuff that we've been showing you, and uh, and I didn't even read this thing. But boy, step number one, look at this. This is exactly what I'm talking about. This is the first and most important part in preparing your heart. Ask God what he would have you give, and listen to what he says. I got a problem with that. That's what I'm talking about this morning. Now, can God speak to you? Absolutely. But you need to know something. When God tells you to give something, and he's done it to me. And if he tells you to do something, hopefully he's got a lot of zeros behind it, then do it. (laughs) But you need to understand something. That's not really giving. That's obedience. If I come up to Pastor Pastor Lathan and say, hey, give me ten bucks. And he gives me ten bucks, I can't, oh, thanks for giving that, man. 
He didn't give it. He was being obedient. True giving is in the vacuum of God saying anything to you. Are you hearing me? In fact, I challenge you. I don't know every word in the Bible. I don't have it all memorized. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, please point out to me and I will recant next week. But I'm not aware of anywhere in the scriptures where anyone ever said, ask God to tell you what to give. It's on here. It's absolutely given. As a matter of fact, in evangelical Christianity, every giving campaign in the world says, pray and ask God what you to give. A lot of people, every offering they take, say, pray and ask God what you to give. I have a problem with that because I just don't think it's biblical. Let's be real. Everybody say real. Let's just be real. How about we say what we're going to do and then we just do what we say. Paul said every man should come and intention in his heart what he's going to do and do it without begrudging or, or feeling pressured. We determine. That's what giving is. God looks at you and says, what are you going to give? And we've created this environment now where everybody's, you know, there's, what am I supposed to give? That's a theme to Star Trek. But uh, anyway, <laughs> do what you say. Let's stop all this. Do you know it is an absolute matter of fact John will probably admit to this. Most He does campaigns for churches. Man, if you can get 60 to 70% of what you actually got pledged, you're rocking and rolling. If you get 50%, well, that's a little low, but it's no big deal. I think that's horrible. When I first went over to this church and started this church in Stevens Point, we had a campaign. We got all these pledges. About 50% came in. All my buddies said, well, that's, that's, that's about average. Hogwash. That's absolute nonsense. I taught that church. I said, stop it, stop it, stop it. (laughs) Say what you're going to do and then be men of character. Do what you say. Jesus gave this parable. Comes to the first son. Son, go work today in my vineyard. No. No, I don't want to do it. I hate it. Stupid thing, vineyard. (laughs) I guess he didn't have a good heart. And the Bible says he went and did it. Comes to the second son. Son, go, oh yes, oh yes, oh I feel it. I feel it. I have a wonderful heart. And he didn't do it. Jesus said, which one did the will of God? The one with the not so pretty heart. You got to understand something. God doesn't give two shakes of a rat's behind. What you feel. What we're going to be judged on Judgment Day is for what we do. Look at 1 Corinthians, the whatever it is here, 5th chapter, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due to him for the things done, not felt, done. Everyone say done. Things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Do not live by your feelings. People's lives today are a complete mess in their marriages and their relationships because they live by their feelings. People say to me, how have you and Debbie been married for 33 years? I tell them, because we don't live by our feelings. We live by what we believe. Good night. There's a day she wakes up and looks at me, thinks she died and went to heaven. Thursday she wakes up, looks at me, and is convinced she died and went straight to hell. Who cares? We don't live by 
our feelings. But, but I have to be honest with my feelings. I have to be honest with my feelings. People's lives getting wrecked. Couples getting involved in affairs and stuff. Destroying your marriages. Destroying your children's future. Destroying yourself for what? Well, Pastor, we, we didn't mean for it to happen. We just had to be honest with our feelings. We fell in love. You don't fall in love. You fall in a toilet. You fall on a floor. You fall out of a tree. <laughs> what are we going to give? I don't know. I'd have to see what I feel. Then halfway through the campaign, I don't feel it anymore. Gonna go around and give everybody swirlies. <laughs> I'm so mean. <laughs> I don't know why you come to church. But anyway, it's time to stop it. Can you imagine tomorrow morning if people called their jobs and said, you know, I, I, I really, I'd really like to come to work today but but I have to be honest with my feelings and I'm just not feeling it today you would never run a career like that you would never approach your job like that but the most important relationships of your life your relationships to your wife your children and your relationships to God, we have given all this emphasis on feelings. Feelings. Nothing more than feelings. Stop it. Stop all this emphasis on feelings and feminized nonsense. Let's be men. We need a women to even be men in this case. Let's quit worrying about this stuff. Say what you're going to do. Do what you say. I taught that at that church last year. We did a campaign. You know how much of the money came in? 100%. 100 It's virtually unheard of in churches. In fact, I don't know anybody who's had 100% come in. We had that. Why? Because we don't do this emphasis on this other nonsense. Now, if God speaks to you, by all means obey God. But don't be sitting out some Ouija board trying to hold, you know, what am I hearing somewhere? Are you hearing me? When it comes to giving, you decide what you can do and then you do what you say you're going to do. Now, I want to encourage you this as we fill out this campaign. Do what you can to make a difference in our... They're not all leaving mad. We got a choir coming back up here. <laughs> oh man, he took them off. Look at them all leaving. Look. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> and they're all women. Oh no! Oh. <laughs> no, nah, they're just in the choir. Hang on. Okay. Learn to live so you can give. Don't get so don't consume everything you get in your life for yourself. One of the reasons why it's going to even be a challenge for a lot of you this year to give is because you live up to your eyeballs. And everything that you get, you get. And then it's hard for you to give. Don't live like that. And you can't change it today. Some of you are in fine shape. You're the ones who need to step. Some of you are extremely blessed. God's given you great resources. We really need you guys to step up. 
And the rest of you, you just need to straighten out your life over the next year or two. And we're going to be teaching more on this about how to live within your means. But don't get sucked up in our consumeristic culture. You know, I was watching a thing on TV today about, you know, if you think you can afford a $300,000 house, I can show you how you can get into a $575,000 house. And the people on, on the news are going, oh, that's, that's great. Woo-hoo. I'm thinking, good night. No wonder in this country when the gas price shifts 50% or 50 cents one way or the other, it's do or die for people. I mean, I don't like paying for gas much more than anybody else. I wish it was all like, a, you know, 30 cents a gallon. But if 50 cents one way or another is whether or not you succeed in life, you are living way too close up to your eyeballs on this thing. And you know exactly what happens when you go in for a house. How much can we afford? Everybody goes for the max. They, they sit down, they have these formulas. You can afford this much house. So we go, okay, great. And when you go for a car, how much can you afford? We can afford this much car. Okay. Don't get trapped in that nonsense. If they tell you you can afford this much house, say, great, we'll take this much. They tell you you can afford this much car, go, great, I'll take this car. Quit living up to the edge all the time. You're living on the edge, that's why a lot of you fall over. Because you're living on the edge all the time. Consuming everything God blesses you with. Like a gigantic Pac-Man game. Don't do it. It's not healthy for you. Getting into debt and doing all this. Just chill out a little bit. Adjust your life so you actually have some breathing room. You need some breathing room so you can give into the kingdom of God. Someday when this is all over, and I'm not trying to put a guilt trip on anybody. I'm honestly not. Someday when all this is over, we'll all have to give an account. What did we do with what we were given? Did we take what we've given? No one's saying you need to give everything you make. No one's asking to sell everything you have and go be a missionary in Zambawamba somewhere. If God tells you to do that, then do it. I'm just talking about live in a way so you're able to give. So you can breathe some. So that God can bless you. The Bible says give and it will be given unto you. A lot of people, they honestly, they can't give. They can't. Because they live way up here. <laughs> Don't do that. I want to show you a video clip this morning. This is from the movie Schindler's List. Story of Oscar Schindler. A man who basically, if you watch the movie, it's a little disgusting. The guy was a pig. He was a self-centered, immoral pig of a man who at some point started doing the right thing. If you were to look at him, you'd say, he has a bad heart. But this man with a very questionable heart started doing the right thing and he started taking his money and paying for some of these Jewish refugees during the Holocaust and saving their lives. He's one of the most highly thought of Gentiles in Judaism today because of what he did. I want you to see this ending scene when the war was finally over and how he reflected over the opportunities that were before him.
such a wonderful thing in saving those thousand plus lives in the end all he could reflect on is I could have done more why didn't I do more look nobody's asking you to put your family at risk not in any way shape or form not asking you to overextend yourself if anything you need to stop overextending yourself all I'm asking you to do is to give into the kingdom of God Help us to move the ball forward. Help us to reach these dreams. If you're in a strong position, do something strong. If you're not, then try to get into a strong position over the next year. And learn how to give and learn how to get things right. Now what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you to tear off this part of your card. And uh, I'm asking you to, to fill in two things. One, what can you do next Sunday in a special offering? We're calling it our miracle offering next next weekend. And just look at your resources, talk it over, whatever you gotta do. Say, you know, we, we can do we can do X amount of dollars next Sunday. For some of you, that'll be a very small money. A lot of times it's not even the amount. Some of the some people who have the least just doing a little will actually be a bigger percentage than some of us who could do a lot. But what can you do? Where are you at? Where has God blessed you? Some of you guys who are in a really strong position. Honestly, we need your help. So we can get through this transitional year. We're doing what we can. I'm asking you to do what what you can. I believe this next year can be the best year we've ever experienced in this church. I'm just so excited about it. It's going to be awesome. But we need to be able to fund the dream. Then, 
that's for what you think you could do next year for, for next week's special. Some of you might want to just do your whole year's giving for all this campaign in one. That would be great if you do it all in, on one deal next Sunday. And then there's the one-year pledge. And this is why we're asking for people who can give monthly or weekly. And we got a little chart over here that you can see. You know, $10 a week would equal so much for the year. I'll do $1,000 a week. You know, it just depends on where you're at, what you're able to do. Uh, decide what you can do, what you're willing to do. Say what you're going to do. And then do what you say. Being men and women of character, men and women who want to invest in the kingdom of God. So I'm going to ask our ushers to come. We're going to take our regular offering. I didn't quite say that last Sunday last service. I hope they gave us the offering last week. Or we're going to need a really good week next week. But uh, we're going to have our regular offering. And then just put this in. You don't have to give the money. That This is just letting us know. This is what we're going to do next week in the special offering. And this is what we can do for this next year's campaign. You say, well, why do I got to write it down? It helps us to plan. We have no idea to plan. Can I tell my brother, hey, you can come up. We're going to bring you up every week to teach. Well, we don't know if we have the money for it. Okay, well, who expand the television? Well, we don't know. We don't know if the money's going to be there. We, we have no idea. Until we know what you will empower us to do, then we can do it. If you can really strengthen our hand, we'll do great things. If we do a minimum, we'll do minimal things. It's not going to be the end of the world. We're moving forward one way or the other. We're going forward. It doesn't matter how quick. <laughs> That's all. It doesn't matter how fast we're going to run this next year. I would like to just be sprinting like crazy. I don't care if we're just one step in front of the other. Either way. We're moving forward, and we're going to advance the kingdom of God. So as the choir sings, put in your offering, throw in your card. If you're not sure, you can hang on the card and then just put it all next week at at, at whatever. But uh, let's do something to advance the kingdom. God bless you as you give this morning.